Welcome into the Irish NFL show, week seven instant reaction and another fantastic evening of action. Some surprising results they get through. Great delight to have Shane Brennan join me on the the late night shift, shall we call it? Shane, it's great to have you on board. Yeah, it's not quite uh, David Arderman and Jay Leno on the late shift, but we'll do our best. Yeah, it's always very really hard to like, yeah, I suppose, take time out to kind of look at all the results and try and capture some of the key points from the game when you're literally coming on as the last game finishes up, which was the Broncos, obviously just closing in a close one against the Packers. But uh, we're going to start with your Patriots because, yes, you, I believe you watched the show on Thursday and none of those games, the Patriots, any chance. So I did call out on the show that the Bills offense has been really stuttering. We saw it in London. We saw it there last week against the Giants. And again, for a, for, for a large part, they didn't really do a lot in the Patriots. Has been checked, but Max Jones was really... Looks very, very happy at the end. Looked like a man who had a lot of pressure on his shoulders and he was relieved to get the win. Your initial reactions to that one tonight? Like you said, he did have a lot of pressure on his shoulders, but I think the difference today was he didn't have as much pressure to deal with on the field. The offensive line was much better from the Patriots and it was just it was just brilliant to see. There was a moment there, was I think, when the Patriots lost the ball and the Bills started to come back into it and eventually took a lead. We were like, oh, look, here's the Patriots after finding another way to lose a game. And for me, that's what I was felt. I was like, oh, we we found another way to lose rather than the Bills found another way to win. But big difference today is when Mac Jones got the ball, there was confidence, there was time, there was an offensive plan. Whenever the ball was handed off to Ezekiel Elliott, he managed it to to carry and uh, and do something. Uh, receiving was much better from Kendrick Bourne and, uh, and a few of the other guys as well. It's just all around a much much better performance than the Patriots. And I didn't think the Patriots really had much of a chance here. I thought the Bills would go back to, to playing the standard that they were against the Dolphins a couple of weeks ago. I thought that um I thought that the Patriots would keep it close but would lose the same as we did in Las Vegas a couple of weeks back. So it's a tremendous, tremendous victory and I'm and I'm quite pleased to see it. Whether um on the Bills side of the ball I'm not quite sure uh how they're gonna approach this now because it was you know it was a very close game. It's one of those things where it I think it was two teams playing at a relatively high quality. But Josh Allen threw that pick very early on in the game when the Patriots ended up building a momentum to go 10-0 up, which meant that I think for uh, only only for two of the last three minutes, the Patriots were ahead of the game. You meant that the Bills were chasing the game all the time at Foxborough, which is not an easy thing to do against any Patriots team, let, uh, even even the 2023 Patriots. They Josh Allen again, He's he's a he's a bit of a mercurial character where he can either be fantastic or he can every now and again he can just be a little bit sloppy when he tries to, a little bit too hard to get too many yards and that's what happened uh, in, in in the the first quarter there today and it just gave the Patriots some momentum to keep building on. I think that that pick was really uh, a crucial play at, at the start of the game because the Patriots this season what what they've done is they've been terrible at the start and they've been the one chasing the game. When the Patriots, this is the first time I think this season where the Patriots have been up for most of the game and have had the opponents chase us and much to better mentality in that in that position. Mac Jones seems to be much more confident and actually leading his team a bit better in that position as well. So I think if you know if the Bills were managed to find a way to get momentum earlier in that game and to have the Patriots chasing again, that would have been a very different game. But it's not that early pick by Josh Allen was crucial and. I just wonder whether the Bills are still going to be blaming London for this because they seem to be blaming London for every, all of their other uh, other slowdowns after their fantastic win against the, the Dolphins. And considering what we see uh, from other teams across the league, between the Jags and 
the Ravens, uh, you know, I'd, that that excuse yeah, were yeah. in, and I'm not quite sure what what the Bills need to do differently now. No, I agree. You know, like last week, yeah, there was numerous narratives as to why the Bills played so poorly against the Giants on Sunday Night Football. Rather than acknowledging a really strong defensive performance by the Giants last week, they kind of put it down to kind of the slowness of coming back from London. I touched on it earlier in the week, but sure, the Jags went to put in, put a, the hammer down on the Colts last Sunday. Haven't been in London for two weeks. Are we seeing the Ravens? Are we going to come to them in a couple of minutes? Put the hammer down on the Lions, and they only up and played in London last week. It, you're right when you said like there was a pages in terms of oh here we go again scenario because they're up with two scores and they managed to allow the Bills to come back Bills undeservedly in my opinion get the lead but I think the difference is teams are moving the ball on the Bills defense there we saw the Jags do it we saw the Giants do it last week couldn't punch it in but the Patriots could punch it in today and obviously Kasiki gets the late winner look it's, it's well deserved and it's a big one for Belichick obviously the stats are out there tonight in terms of the significance of the win but ultimately just to keep this team on the straight and narrow because we spoke, you know, we spoke whether we're recording or whether we're not about the fact that it looked like the season was being derailed very quickly and like they've gone over the hump. And a big and it's a big divisional win. So certainly one that everybody will be wondering tomorrow how this has come to come to pass. But again, Janicek has a way when speculation is that he's not going to be here next season, then it comes out today he signed the contract. He gets the big win. So a huge win for the Patriots in <clears throat> in the AFC's clash. We're gonna move on to another AFC clash and that's the Browns going into into the Colts. I really like this new Colts snazzy gear, which they're wearing tonight. It was something, something different about it. And Gardner Minshew had a fantastic game. And I feel really unjust for the, the Colts. They come out the wrong side of this game. And it's a bit of a strange one because like, there were so many strong points in the game where the Browns made some really great plays on defense. And every time they did it, you think, okay, here we go. And the Browns defense is going to get on top. And the Colts kept rebounding with these big, marquee plays, getting the big touchdowns. Deshaun Watson's out of the game and then in fact I think Deshaun Watson could have came back into the game and they, and they held him off he held him off when he looked like he could play recently something's not right there but look the, the Browns have got the win me predominantly because of their defence albeit they gave up high points but the talking point tomorrow and throughout the course of the week is going to be the, the passing deference towards the end of the game which looked like a very uncatchable ball and yet they called passing deference I don't think anybody has a narrative as to why it, why it, it was called it was a terrible decision yeah, it, it did seem a little bit like the, I think it was, there was a lot of talk on Twitter that the Colts were robbed and uh, it, it's just, it, it, it just seemed a bit deflating because the game was just completely over and back. What was the final score? 38 to 39 that, that the Browns ended up winning and, they, you know, it's, it's when, when it's a game like that and it's, it's almost, it's just pure chaos in terms of the, the constant forward and back and interceptions and all that that kind of thing. It's uh, it's it's really difficult, and it, it's it, it's annoying when calls like that kind of take the air out of the game. Of what was just a brilliant game of football, and um, so for that reason, I think we should, really should be talking about the Browns' defense and these guys. No, I mean whatever about being able to, to stop the 49ers that they did. People will say, "Oh well, you know, you you, you it's it's a one-off thing." Yeah, I guess the Colts today. I thought Gardner Minshew and the Colts were were excellent. It, quite a lot of, of what they, they put together uh, just just worked straight away. I mean, they they handed off the ball to Zach Moss and Jonathan Taylor quite a lot. Got plenty of yards. Gardner Minshew passed for over three hundred yards. But the Browns did just enough to keep them to let their offense stay in the game and keep building on whatever they could. So like it's it's annoying with the Browns. They're slightly reminiscent of last year's Lions where. You mightn't necessarily ever back them to win, but you don't want to face them. 
because you you just don't know what it is that they're gonna that they're gonna come up with, particularly on defense, and how they're gonna stop you in those crucial situational points of the game. Yeah, let's let's be fair to the Browns. Like we're caught in pod refereeing decisions, but this team hadn't done a lot on offense of of late. We saw last weekend the struggles against a really strong Martin Orleans team, but they put up thirty nine points this week. Like without the without their marquee quarterback for large parts of the game. So look, they have to win this game. We've already come on to the Ravens now. The Ravens obviously haven't had their bye week because you have to move to five and two with a really comprehensive win over the Lions, thirty eight six, certainly putting the marker down in the division and in the AFC. A lot of people were on the Lions to win this game this week. I think Colin was one who picked them. We, I think me and Cutter went Ravens. I just thought the Ravens' experience and, and defensively they'd, they'd find a way to navigate a victory. I didn't certainly think it would be in this manner. To be up twenty eight nil in the middle of the second quarter was really comprehensive and really kind of impressive. Again, Lamar. But we saw him in London last week and there was no one effect on that trip. Anyway, he came out today, he was lights out immediately. Yeah, I've, I've almost, I think it's it's kind of gotten juiced up on me. He's a little bit better, probably from the given high fives all the Irish fans in the Sunset Airport coming back late at night when we were all uh, stuck waiting for uh, for Ryanair. But now in fairness to Lamar Jackson, what, three passing touchdowns. It, I think he, it, it wasn't even, it wasn't even about confidence about what he's able to do. I really think that that loss in Pittsburgh has galvanized the Ravens' offense more than we think because all, all, pretty much every pass that I looked at, I haven't got the stats in front of me, every time that Lamar threw the ball, somebody caught it. It wasn't dropped, it wasn't fumbled, they kept, you know, I don't I don't know whether it's it's whatever way they've, they've designed it or they've just really gotten stickier gloves, but they're not dropping passes, they're making use of every play they have. And I mean, to blow the, the, the Detroit Lions out, is just incredible, and the manner which they did it was it is crazy. And as much as people always talk about whenever we're talking about Super Bowl contenders, we talk about the Chiefs, we talk about the Bills and the Dolphins, and we talk about you know the big hitters in the NFC. I really think that if yeah, if Lamar is healthy, which is obviously the always the biggest question mark over Ray, any Ravens season. If Lamar stays healthy, there's no reason the Ravens can't do it. They just need to keep their receivers catching the ball and making uh, yards after catch, which was, I think Gus Edwards had one reception, but 80, like it was like a, an 80 yard. 82 play. yards. 82 yards. Oh, it was like, it was just, you know, it's it, they're, they're really getting as much value out of their offense as possible. Isn't it? Just nothing about let's just getting four yard runs unless it's passing for, let's just try to get a catch for 10 or 12. They're getting as much out of it as possible. That's what it was today. It was really a statement of this is what we can do, and letting the the brushing the the Detroit defense by, and it was fantastically comprehensive in the Ravens. And I'll be looking to talk about the Ravens for uh, later on during the week, but it's just they really are showing their true offensive potential today. Yeah, I know you've got a good uh, Ravens podcast ahead of you this week, which we're all looking forward to listening. But yeah, you touched on it there it was more comprehensive. Offensive play around the fact that everybody got involved. Like Odell Beckham was getting involved. Zay Flowers is obviously the marquee player now. Arguably going to be the number one wide receiver very quickly. Bateman got involved and he obviously touched on the long the, the long reception from Edwards, 82 yards. And Lamar goes in again, the opening touchdown, punch another one in. Be interesting to see how the Lions react off this. The one thing I would say with the Lions in this game is Gibbs, the running back, the rookie came back from injury. He had a really bright game. You know, all pits have gone down heavily. And it's in gradually see he's starting to kind of take all and they're going to need him with Montgomery out for a period of time so interesting to see how they react next week uh, the Chiefs obviously in the night window the 9 o'clock slot um, a lot of people were high on the Chargers in this one and felt the Chargers would go in 
who gave them a real game. And in fairness, they did. I don't think the score is a fair reflection of how it played out. 31 70 in the end, the Chiefs pulling away the late touchdown uh, in the end. And there was some timely skews again by the Chargers. It looked like when you're in good position to score, you're taking sacks, interceptions, quite a few turnovers in the game. But the Chiefs, again, like they put up 31 points in the first half. I, I, there was a tweet that we put out at halftime. Nine nine receptions were 157 yards and a touchdown by Kelsey in the first half. And they dropped off slightly in the second half. The numbers were surreal. It was very much a crapshoot out of the game. You go up score, we'll go up and score. But ultimately, I think we all inevitably knew what would happen in the end come the fourth quarter. The Chiefs would find a way to put away. And I argue they're probably putting away with this division now, having beaten the Chargers tonight. I mean, they're comprehensively in this league. There's no one really in this division that can challenge No one. Uh, the, obviously, the big talking point before the season, I was talking about it during the week as well, is that if there's somebody going to challenge the Chiefs and really push them close, it's going to have to be the Chargers because they're the only ones really with the talent to do it. But, you know, on defense, you just don't trust these guys to to get the plays and to make the stops when they really need to. I mean, we can talk about how great the uh, Patrick Mahomes did. I think he passed for over 400 yards. He was like a four touchdowns and all. You know, ridiculous statistics. But, and they the, the Chargers have the offense to go into Arrowhead and do things. I know that they didn't score in, in the second half, but I really think that the defense needs further shoring up in Los, in Los Angeles if the Chargers are going to properly stick it up to the Chiefs. I mean, they're sitting at 2-4. and four. They're way too talented of a of an offense and a team to be sitting at that record, and it's simply because they cannot make the stops when they need to. There's a couple of times there against the Chiefs in the first half where you're just waiting for, for the pressure, waiting for the right play, and I just don't think they have the defensive playmakers to, to make the stops at the right time, particularly when it comes to big pressure games in Arrowhead like that. I mean, it's bad enough not having a really strong home field advantage, which the Los Angeles teams suffer from. But when you're playing away, you need to have some form of steel to be able to to be able to to make a big stop. And we just didn't see that from the Chargers defense. In fairness to the Chiefs, they I thought uh, you know everyone played well. There was there was that call with um I think it was a call in the second half with Pacheco as to whether or not he was down and if he lost the ball that the Chargers could have got got it and and kept this. I think they were only at that point. I think sorry for most of the second half, the Chargers were only one touchdown behind, so they were chasing. They had plenty of opportunities to keep it going, but in the end, the Chiefs ended up ended up pulling away. And like I said, the scoreline uh, probably doesn't fully reflect how close the game was. It wasn't much closer clash than that, but I think it's a simple case that in the first half, the Chargers need to show better better planning and be able to make more stops than they did. It's that's um that's what what what's holding them back. Yeah, this is the thing with the Chargers defence. are so up and down. And you, you look at the numbers and they're off the charts from Mahomes and Kelsey and various other players offensively today. You wonder, is this the Chiefs team gradually getting back to what we're used to seeing or is the case they come up against a defence just can handle high expansive offences? Uh, you touched on the factor of playing in SoFi and we saw it there. It was very evident in, in the game later on this evening um, playing, being played at the same time, which was the Steelers going in and beating the Rams and I picked the Steelers on tours because I felt the stadium would be like a home game. It would be like Heinz Fields and it was very much like that. But the Rams, again, they, they shot themselves in the foot at times and there were, people were tomorrow will be talking about that fourth down play by Kenny Pick, which didn't look like a fourth down. But ultimately, that game tonight, pick it to Pickens time and time again, was the kind of, for me, that was the reason they won that connection. And once Pickett doesn't do a lot, and he kind of, I suppose, he. The jury's still out, and it's fair to say whether he's at that level to be a quarterback in the league. 
he does have that connection enough when it comes to the crunch he makes that big play Pickens in particular finds a ways to get open yeah uh, sorry you mentioned that that fourth down play what I actually thought was unusual is that this is the one time where I thought that the Steelers were sort of falling to the Rams home field advantage because you saw Kenny or Pickens try to get his foot into that turf where he couldn't really get it in so I didn't think he had enough power to get the first down but then the chains come out and turns out the Steelers got it by an inch but like you said, well, in the all the Steelers fans who went to Los Angeles, I don't know how many of you are, are, are still singing Fire Mac Canada. It's, it's amazing even when you were watching the TV coverage, they, they seemed to have a camera always trained on him. But in fairness, uh, they found a way to, to score 20, um, what was it, 24 points. And, you know, and it's a, and I think it was what stood out for me more than anything else, the fact that they got the rushing game kind of... Uh, yeah, War, Warren and Harris right. Warren and Harris together today. When you get the two of them together, it makes a huge difference. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they, they might necessarily get, get the big yards, but they just keep things moving in a way that, because Kenny Pickett is is good, and it's when he has the, a really good connection to Pickens, and it's nice that he has that one guy you can trust on, but again, if, if that you can't have a one-dimensional offense where it's always Pickett to Pickens. Um, so being able to have those two running backs to call on was, was really keen to just keep them motoring so that Pickett could find pickings or uh, or find a pass. Deont- Deontay Johnson obviously was back tonight from injury. He had a big 29-yard run in, in the second half so there was other players getting involved but ultimately it is it is down to it's the picking the pick show right right now and they, they get over the night in this one and they and they have to be bearing in mind I think the Bengals are the team that are going to feel really kind of <laughs> downbeat this weekend. They don't play they're on the bye weekend every team within the division finds a way to navigate victory. I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have thought they would have looked at that this weekend thinking everybody within the AFC North is going to win. So, yeah, uh, big weekend yeah. with all those teams. A couple of games are going to call out. Not, not so much to get into because you, you touched on it on the group. You said, uh, will we get the uh, the full house? And we did. I mean, the Broncos win, the Giants win, the Patriots win, and the Bears win. And yeah, I'm, not it, sure which, I'm not sure which one of those is the most surprising result. It's, it, it seems like all of the 1-5 and five club got a victory except for the Arizona Cardinals, which is somewhat not surprising. But I mean, what were the odds on the Bears, Patriots, uh Broncos and Giants all winning today. Well, it, it must have been ridiculous. Well, there were tight enough lines. Like, we're not going to get too heavy in the bet last week, but most of those games were on plus two, minus two, there, thereabouts. So you wouldn't have got a massive price. Like, it was so precarious in the lines that the, 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 the bookies were in short. The Packers were minus one. The Giants were plus two. Uh, the Bears were plus two going into the game. I did a relief off. I think that's of the Patriots. They were the Patriots for the biggest one. Not, they were. The biggest price to win. They were uh, plus seven and a half on here's the spread. But look, they've all got over nine and they all needed that. Just gonna wrap up one interesting game. That's the um the NFC South because a lot of people were on the books that everybody felt the books would find a way to navigate a victory to Cleveland against uh, the Falcons and uh, Bijan Robinson didn't replay. He's obviously down they're saying he has an illness like it was he couldn't play and yes, this Bernard's parts of the game, the Falcons were doing everything in their power to give the Bucks the game. You had Ritter running in for a touchdown. He looked like he was running in. But a second touchdown initially, it was given as a touchdown to be reviewed. And it turns out he was, you know, cut from behind. The ball goes out and it's a touchback. Baker Mayfield drives down. They only take a field goal. Looking to walk off victory for the Falcons. But again, going into this when they picked the Falcons, I just thought they were a better all-round team. But are we seeing that the Bucks are gradually going to revert back to what we thought they'd be, which is a, a reasonably good team to be competitive with ultimately you open in many games? Or is that just one that gone away? Because people will say the Falcons should have that one done and dusted a long time ago. 
I think the problem with the with the Buccaneers is they 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 tried to pass it way too much, and I think they were forcing it a little bit. I think well, I don't know whether it was a home field thing or whether it's the fact that Baker Mayfield has been performing relatively well the last few weeks. But whenever they they had the ball and they needed to get, it, they just felt like they were forcing the aerial game when they really didn't need to. And and I think that that, that was the main difference. Drake London, by the way, I thought had a brilliant game for for the the Falcons. He made a couple of a uh, a couple of key key plays and he did the partly of what kept them in it to to end up stashing the win uh late in this in the second half but with with the Buccaneers do I see them regressing too much probably not I want to give we've about to see a couple of weeks as to as to whether they'll they sort of re- revert back to the pack that we were expecting I still think that when they come up against uh their other NFC foes NFC South foes they'll still be in a really good chance I think they can uh, they can put it up to, to the Saints, and they can go to Atlanta uh, and, and get a win later in the season. So I don't think I, I wouldn't be stressing too much if I was a Buccaneers fan just yet. But what I would want to see on offense in particular is just being able to run the ball. Like Rashad White, what didn't really do? I don't really think that did much today. Uh, you know, it, it, we we were mentioned there how it was B. John Robinson was the one that was missing for the Falcons, but it felt like the the Buccaneers were the one that were missing the the, the top rushing player. It's you know it's that kind of one-dimensional forced offense didn't work for the Buccaneers today. Yeah, I just quickly touch on the Giants game. Um, Fourteen-seven, no, no, no touchdowns and no scores for the Giants in the second half, and they gave away a touchdown of a muffed punt. But defensively, like this, Sam Howard going to get beaten up. And like we joked on tours, there were only twenty-four sacks going against twenty-three sacks in terms of the two teams, and it was just evident again how poor his commander's offensive line is and. I mean, they did, they got to him time and time again, and there was not not just about sacks, more so some of the hits and stuff. So, I kind of feel for him. It's like he's having a he's doing well, but like you, how long can you play behind an offensive line in this first year in the league? It's a big win for the Giants with the Jets coming. Well, I wouldn't say coming to town because they're probably met life, but a big game next weekend because you never know. All of a sudden, things quickly change in the NFL when you get a victory and you start looking. And uh, uh, the last games to close out, we didn't mention it. We touched on it briefly. Was the Cardinals and obviously. One and five has now gone one and six. One and six they lose against the uh, Seattle game. It was a bit of a scrappy game because Seattle scored a field goal late on to go twenty ten up. But um, I think I expected more from Seattle in that game. I know Metcalf was out injured and they lost a couple of good players. But just the cohesion doesn't seem to be there. There was a, a poor interception by Geno Smith. They're trotting along the nice to look like a team that could go to the playoffs, but they're not inspiring me the way I thought this team was going to be lights out at times this season. In this game particularly, I thought they'd win comfortably. Yeah, they were very beatable tonight. I mean, if it wasn't for the fact that I think when the, the Carlos in the red zone, they had a really good chance, but it was a high snap. So then they ended up losing loads of yards on that. And then they had a chance to go for a field goal at a time when I think they, they were only they were only seven points behind at the time. It, w- it would have been seventy and thirty, and, and the the, uh, the holders just didn't do the nicest, correct? Yeah, it's, it's, yeah. It's, you know, so if like if if the Cardinals were in any way uh, competent, like they were against the Giants and the Cowboys, they could have had. Had, there was a very easy path to win for, and I'm not saying that to knock the Cardinals down. I just think that the Seahawks just didn't didn't show enough for me to make me think, oh, this is a this is a team that that means business. I mean, there was a couple of times where I just thought they they just seemed a bit unimaginative on uh, on offense, and on, I mean on defense they 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 did what what they needed to do. Uh, I don't really think they're necessarily lacking too much there, but in terms of what they're able to do with the ball, uh, I didn't. Uh, I didn't see too much that was lights out. But then again, in the NFL, you can't play 17 games to be 
wonderful all 17 and what matters is that, that you get the win and in fairness to Seattle they managed to find a way to get the win but they were beatable today if that was a a, a ravage of the 49ers yeah. in in their in the NFC West they would have had them had them for lunch it was just a shame that the Cardinals couldn't put it together yeah the Rams did beat them week one in, in Seattle but yeah just yeah it was very much a defensive performance for the, for the Seahawks that got them all right as opposed to offense yeah Kevin Miller didn't or sorry Kenneth Walker didn't really have to the kind of game which we saw even last week in, in Cincinnati. But look, as you said, they got over the line and a big win for them to keep going. And obviously, we'll see what the 49ers do tomorrow night on Monday Night Football against the Vikings. Uh, the later game this evening, obviously, is, is a big one in many ways. With the Bills losing, you're going to have Miami now looking to kind of really extend their lead in the division to two games. If they were to get that one over the line in Philadelphia, it would be a huge step in, in the right direction for this team. And then obviously, you got the Eagles looking to rebound of last week's loss. Where did you see this one being more than us? It's a, it's a really enticing game to stay up. Yeah, it's a, probably the best matchup you could probably come up with in, in the NFL at the moment, um, barring maybe the 49ers playing the Dolphins. It's just, uh, it really is going to be going to be mad. I'm not, where do I see it being won or lost? Whether the Dolphins offense can still be explosive because you, you, it's great being able to, to do it against the I guess the Broncos is great being able to do a job up in Foxborough on Monday Night Football or a Sunday Night Football early in the season. But when you come up to to, uh, to a loud Lincoln, was it Lincoln Bank or Lincoln Field or whatever, whatever it's called, up in Philadelphia, uh, against that defense, you know, it's speed doesn't always work for everything. You need strength. You need to be able to run. You need to be able to, to grind out third and twos, third and threes. Um, that's where the Dolphins really need to, to keep things going. I think they can do it though. Uh, if it was, if if I was to pick now, I think the Dolphins will will get a will get a tight win in this one. By the time people listen to this in the morning or even later on this evening, they'll know the result and they'll be saying they went completely wrong there. Everybody went for the Dolphins on the group the other day on the show. So usually, what usually what happens? Usually what happens then is, yeah, I, I, I'm actually, I'm going to go around now and stick a fiver on the Eagles. That, that, that might yeah, be, yeah. I think that's, yeah. that's the plan. <laughs> right, so that's, that is our instant reaction to week seven on Sunday night. Obviously, next week has a bank holiday weekend, so we'll be able to record it a little bit earlier and get it out. But um, Shane, really appreciative of your time and another great evening of NFL.